Psalm 34 of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. End of reading. So this psalm has uh, something that tends to be a little more rare in the psalms, which is an actual description of the historical event that inspired the psalm. It says in uh, in the subtitle here, of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. So this is actually a pretty, uh, pretty weird story where, you know, David's on the run and he's in another city and David actually pretends to be some some crazy person so that the king sees him and the people are like, oh, look, that that's that's King David. And then Abimelech is like King Abimelech because he's the king of that area. King Abimelech is like, what? That's him? That's just some crazy guy. Get him out of here. <laughs> and so David, by way of doing that, uh, I mean, he tricks them. He he deceives them. He has he does something clever to survive, to con to to get out of that situation. Um, and so this psalm. I don't even know if you would know it just reading just reading the psalm you wouldn't really know the that historical event which is uh 
is right here in First Samuel 21, 13. It says, David changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gate and let his spittle run down his beard. <laughs> and then it says uh, further, First Samuel 21, it says, um, the servants of Achish said to him, is not this David the king of the land? They did not sing to one another of him in dances. Saul has struck down his thousands. David is ten thousands. So they're like, is that actually him? <laughs> and then it says, David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So David did David did this last-ditch effort, I would say, of changing, changing his behavior because, because of that. He was fearing for his life that Achish... I said Abimelech. That was a mistake. Uh, Achish, the king of Gath, he was afraid that uh, Achish would kill him or capture him or something. And then Achish said to his servants, Behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? <laughs> um, so he's like, man, even if that is David, he's just some crazy guy. Like, what? we don't even have to deal with him. Just get him out of here. <laughs> okay, so that's that's what this psalm was written that's the situation the psalm was written from. So now let's look at the actual words of the psalm. He says that he will bless the Lord at all times. He says, verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. And we read there from 1 Samuel, it said David feared that king, that he might that he might kill him. David kind of had no, no other, he was just on his own, no way of really defending himself other than this last-ditch effort. Of, of tricking them. And uh, so David says he sought the Lord in that situation and he did answer him and delivered him from, from those fears that he had of, of that king. And this is, this is a great verse because this, this word is, I don't, I don't think it's used all that much um, in the Bible. Verse five, those who look to the Lord are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. That's an amazing verse right there. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Wow. Also in verse 22, it says, The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. I mean, you put those two verses together. That's, that's amazing stuff right there. Um, Moving on, verse 6, he says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. So he's referring to himself there. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard, heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. So even though it was really David's uh, cleverness and him pretending to be some insane person, even though it was him, he's recognizing that the only reason any of this stuff worked is because of God. He even says in verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. So David is, is recognizing God's divine protection over his life. And that's why he was able to make it out of there alive. Moving on here. he's uh, So from that situation, David is then says to uh, the saints, verse 9, he says to them, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions for want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. 
So again, we see David using the experiences in his life to exhort his fellow believers in God, those who also fear him. He uses his experiences in life to exhort people to also trust in God and to tell them in verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blesses the man who takes refuge in him. I think that's a good pattern for our lives too, just in general, of recognizing in our own personal experiences the the divine protection of God, the divine providence of God, um, God's work in our lives, and using that as a way of exhorting people to 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 tell them to also fear the Lord, to also trust in Him, to take refuge in Him. David also says here uh, in verse 11, Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. That's also something I see David repeat very often in his Psalms. How, you know, he's not only dealing with his sin, but he's also, he's also, he's also very motivated to teach other people what he has learned. He's also motivated to to help other people. He's not just only focused on himself and and even those moments where he's focusing on himself i'm thinking of like psalm 51 he says at the end of that psalm he says so he starts the psalm by saying forgive me of my transgression then he finishes the psalm by saying i will teach other transgressors your ways you know that they would that they would repent and, and follow you so that's a great emphasis i that i notice in david's psalms his desire that other people would also follow and uh not not follow and be like david but to but to follow to follow god and so he he also calls them to verse 13 keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit turn away from evil and do good seek peace and pursue it so those are exhortations for people uh to to consider and to obey. But overall, I think the psalm is, is about this, that verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are toward their cry. He will cut off those who do evil from the earth. But when the righteous cry for help, verse 17, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. So, God is near to those who fear him. And I think verse 19 actually does uh, give give proper balance to this. Because you might read some of those verses and be like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm never going to go through any bad in my life, anything bad in my life. Look at verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And right here, verse 20, he keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. This is something that uh, in in the book of John at Jesus' crucifixion that John notices none of Jesus' bones were broken when he was on that when he was on that cross, and John recognized that as oh look, God hasn't God hasn't uh, you know abandoned Jesus. He is actually keeping Jesus even even in Jesus' crucifixion. That's that's God's fulfillment. Yes, many are these afflictions that Jesus has taken upon himself on our behalf, but he will deliver Jesus from this, and ultimately God God the Father did. Um, Jesus was resurrected. So 
uh, keep that in mind. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Um, so I'll finish with those two verses I, I mentioned at the beginning that I thought were really cool. Uh, verse 5, those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. And verse 22, the Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. So grow with the growth that's from God. God